Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as Premium Unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good morning. Good Saturday morning. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Call in early because the lines fill up and... We want to get to your calls. Um, I'm Bob. Sitting next to me is Kyle every week, and uh, we're here to help you answer that car question for you. Whether a car won't start, it's cranking and cranking, but won't catch a hold, dead battery, new so car. Many problems can happen. So many, yeah, so many problems can happen. Used car, uh, used inspections, you know, we, we do it all. We're Buchanan Service Centers at 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and Guaranteed Brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge. Where we do brakes right the first time. Mm-hmm. You know? We do tires, brakes, suspension. We do it all. All of it. Do it all. For, been doing it all for 40 years. So we've we've seen a lot of different things. That's for sure. There's always something new that comes up. Just oh, it, you think that, all right, I got this down. It's going to be this. <laughs> we do see something. You could uh, be wrong. Yeah, we could be. We, you know? <laughs> You're we, like, wow. We, we see something new every day and, uh, you know. I think we had a flat tire come in yesterday. A flat tire, and let's see, my tire's flat. No, the pothole broke out the whole back of the rim. <laughs> so your tires, you need a new tire, but you also need a new rim. How'd that happen? Well, at one shot, all yeah. at one time. So you don't Force, see that. gravity, inertia. Yeah, yeah, and it was probably <laughs> wasn't the whole rim, but it was probably a better part of half of it. But it's like, wow, you just don't see that much rim gone in one pothole. Guess, you know, we got to start taking pictures. We need to put together a Mr. Mechanic's journal. Yeah, you know, and we've always newsletters. We've always talked about writing a book, and Steve always talked about writing a book, and maybe he's maybe he's half done now. Yeah, maybe but, he's been writing a book. Yeah, maybe he has. I haven't talked. Yeah, but you know, just the, I think just the things that we remember. Where there's going to be the books stop. I well, it's just ongoing. It never yeah, stops. It would. It, it would never look like stops. A Webster's Dictionary. Yeah, <laughs> it would. <laughs> It would, you know, and it's, um, it's just, you know, it's, it's a, 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 there's just so many interesting things out there, you know. So, you know, we talked last week about Kyle, the, the, your, I think I don't know what it was, your, your, Bentley that was going to be on oh, fire yeah. and it wasn't coming. Yeah, they called. They called, said it wasn't coming. <laughs> All right, sorry about that. Well. And it was on fire. We're not sure if it got to yours yet. We were kind of hoping to save yours. I think it was in the front of the ship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they put enough water on it. I don't know, a couple billion gallons worth of water on it. And there's plenty of water around there. Yeah, there's plenty of water on it. So now it's sunk. Well. So so I think there's no retrieval of your particular car. So uh, I think that we go after it, you know. They can bring stuff up from the Titanic. I, mean, I suppose. I you know I don't know how deep the water was that they sunk it off a couple hundred miles off land off off the shore. So yeah, I don't know. I I can't imagine that's going to be very good for the fish, don't you? Well, 
We got some lithium batteries on board, and because uh, there's some electric cars there. Yeah. So, I, we we were talking, you know, off the air. I, I assume that the electric eels will get recharged uh, based on that. Finally, Finally. They, they've been looking for a, a reason to get recharged. Yeah, so, Tesla eels down there. Anyway, that's sad, but uh, you know, I guess it is what it is when you put a bunch of water on it. So, we're gonna head over to Dennis. Dennis has got an 04 Cadillac. Dennis, what's going on today? Well, I believe the fuel pump went out. It uh, stalled on me, and I tapped on something under the car and got back in the car, and it started. Well, uh, I want to. Anyway, the fuel tank is full. What's the best way to drain that fuel tank? Can I? Uh, there's a Schrader valve under the engine for, for, to uh, clean the fuel injection system. If I put a hose. That Schrader valve, of course, take out the the little, I don't know what they call that, insert in the Schrader valve. Remove that, crank the, turn the ignition key on, and hopefully the fuel pump will pump out at 18 gallons, or you have a better... Uh, well, yeah, we, we have a better method than that, so... Uh... You can do what you're talking about, but what it's we do, a it's a long time. And if your fuel pump's already bad, is yeah, the work. chances of it doing you, you got to sustain. So it's only going to run when you turn the key on. It's only going to run for three seconds, then shut back off. Oh, so it's I mean, that's that's going to take about a, a lot of crank. yeah, it's about a million and a half uh, <laughs> turn as a key in order to make eighteen gallons out. go something like that. So what uh, we normally do, or what we can do, is we hook a scanner up to it, and we can turn it on, and we can manipulate that fuel pump and uh, make it so it pumps out um or jumper or relay but jump I mean, you're going to create a lot of heat yeah yeah you know what we normally do is we take Blow off the hoses hose. in the back and then we've got a uh we've got a, a specially designed pump that we made that off of a racing uh racing pump and then we yeah, just stick that barrel you got it's like a 30 gallon plastic barrel i don't know if you still use that yeah yeah we do we, we do we just kind of we just stick the hose down there and, and that uh does i don't know what it does it's like 30 that, gallons per minute yeah it's like 30 yeah. gallons a minute it doesn't take long to to suck the gas out of a, of a tank with that thing especially with that racing fuel pump that we use but it's <laughs> uh that's how we do it you kind of use a uh, i think we five eighths hose so we, enough to get it down a vent tube or down just the fill tube and that's how you pull them out most of the time. Otherwise, we hook a scanner and we just let the fuel pump do its job. Well, but well, sometimes that don't work because pump's fuel bad. pump's bad. So well, it's it's a mess. The eighteen gallons, so I probably have to visit you guys. Isn't that always how it works? I mean, yeah. I, I don't know how many cars <laughs> we've glad. had. Always a full tank. Yeah, it's always I'm, a full tank. I'm glad you guys are there. But thanks for the suggestion. I heard it through your program about uh, crawling under the car and tapping. I didn't know what I tapped on, but it worked. Yeah, I, I couldn't find the, well, the fuel tank. Yeah, got you home. Got you yes. home. Well, thanks, gentlemen. You bet. Glad we could help. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I mean we've we've talked about it a lot. I mean you have to use the tap test on just about anything electrical. Yeah, isn't that great? It is, and it just it cuts your diagnostic time and uh, in half. Doesn't always work with alternators. No, no, <laughs> no, it doesn't, and it doesn't always work either. So. No. We make it sound like it works 100% of the time, and it probably is. Starters, sometimes it'll work. Otherwise, I mean, if it smokes, you know you got everything you need. Yeah. Yeah, once you let the smoke out, you can never really get it back in. Yeah. It, different kind of press gets that in there. A different kind of press is right. All right, we're going to head over to Mike, 09 Impala. Mike, what's going on today? Hey, guys. Uh, 
I've got a 2009 Impala about uh, oh, a month or so ago. It's a car I don't drive very often. It's only got 58,000 miles on it, 59,000. And uh, the traction, service traction control light came on, ABS lights, you know, service the tire inflation system. So I took it into one of the major um, repair service companies here in town, and they repaired it, uh, put a, uh, I think they put new wheel sensors on it, the speed wheel sensors, et cetera. Seemed to work fine. I've only put about 150 miles on it, and now the problem is back. Um, the service traction control light comes on, but now the reduced engine uh, power light comes on and the engine light comes on. Now, I when I first drive it, it doesn't do that right away. Uh, I might have to turn it off and on, you know, make a couple of stops, running errands, whatever I may use the car for that day, and then it starts appearing. Um, and then the next day, the it seems to be fine. The engine light will still be on, but then it'll disappear after a short period of time. Um, what could still be going on? I mean, I've only put 150 miles on this car since the service repair. What else should we be looking for? I mean, I've read online there's a lot of different things, you know, from uh, bad steering racks to programming issues, things like that. What should the mechanics be looking for, or what would you be looking for? Well, we can rule out programming because it works sometimes. and I mean, replacing sensors shouldn't have messed with any of the programming. Um, connection so this was a 04 impala is what it was oh nine oh nine oh nine and and you and you had the sensors replaced at the front or rear uh the front okay was it uh, just was it was yeah. it just the sensors or was it a, a wiring harness along with it i don't believe the harness was that was another issue that i, that I had discovered doing a little google search here um i don't think they replaced the wiring harness but i understand that could be a problem it is it's yeah, a very it's common a problem, problem. Because the sensors actually themselves, if that's all that they did on the sensors, were probably, I'm going to guess, good at that particular time. I'm just, we're just going to say it out loud, I guess. <laughs> and the, the wiring harness, what it does is it runs from that sensor, runs down the lower control arm, snakes its way, and then heads itself back up into several different twists and turn up into the, the module. Yeah. The, yeah, the module or actually the wiring harness. And so what happens is all those those twists and turns causes a break in the wire. Um, they're fairly common to have a, a broken wire that you can't typically see um, just by looking at it. It's you turn the wheel one way, it tests good, and you turn it the other way, and I've seen them. Yep, not exactly. Read one way, exactly. That's Kyle's exactly right. That's exactly what's going on. Where it, it'll it just has made a break in the wire going back and forth. And I know I personally fixed many of them. I know you have too. And, and the wiring harnesses is what causes a problem. Is it one side or the other? Uh, it, it, you're looking for codes. That's what we're looking for. Is probably a code that says right front ABS sensor. Uh, if it is, I'm probably putting a harness on that side with a question mark on the left hand side. Just okay. I, I don't know. I don't know which codes they are. The ones in the rear don't seem to have near that problem. Um, steer. So yeah, they don't steer. They don't less no, movement. Right. All they do is just go up and down, and, and the the movement of travel is not near as much. Yeah, we uh, when I had it in for a service, they did do a complete uh, repair of the back uh, brakes, new rotors, and everything. Uh, right. So, so that I don't think is a problem. So it's got to be a front end problem. I know the right front tire one time. This is a car that my uh, mother had given to me, nice enough uh, in 2020. She bought a new car, and they the 
car prices were down pretty far, not like they are right now. Mm. Um, so I inherited the car, but she did some damage to the front right tire hitting a curb one time. Um, you know, eight hundred dollar repair to get that new tire and and uh, rim and and all that. Could that be a residual effect of affecting this tire inflation or tire uh, traction system? Could that be something that yeah. may be lingering that may not have been identified? Just curious. I possibly, but I I I'm not thinking so. No, I mean, it's kind of a read. Okay. It would have happened right away. Yeah, it probably would have. And those sensors actually do go through. So it depends on whether you're using a uh, you know an aftermarket sensor or a General Motors sensor. That can certainly affect that how that works. The air gap is a big deal too. So if that sensor goes down there and the air gap is not what it should be because there's rust on that reluctor on the axle. Um, or a problem in that bearing. I think it's more in a bearing. In a bearing it's in the now. bearing. That could also be a problem. Um, so okay. I, I, we're, we're looking for codes. We're looking to see it's right side, left side, which specific wheel we're after. And then from there, it's just kind of more, do I have a wheel bearing problem? Um, do I have a, a wiring problem? And the wiring problem is probably where I'm heading first. But that's going to dictate a little bit on the... Uh, the codes that you see. Why are the check engine lights on? You know, that that could be because it's reduced engine power. And when it reduces engine power, it'll set a code for that. That That's yeah. probably, that's a secondary thing to kind of look at. Okay. Well, I'm going to take it back. Uh, I've got an appointment with them. I mean, they, they did a complete diagnosis on the vehicle. Um, they said they did. And so I would assume that they would have figured out if it was a harness or something else maybe. But uh Next Tuesday, if they can't figure it out, maybe I'll uh, I'll try to get down to one of your shops. Maybe you could. Or is this something better for a um, a dealer? As a, I, I'm just curious what direction I should take if I have to do a third attempt to get this uh, diagnosed and repaired. Either way, it, it's something we can handle. It's something the dealer can handle either way. I mean, whatever you feel comfortable with. But, yeah, it's, okay. it's nothing that we haven't done in the past. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I didn't know if it was uh, might be a dealer-specific issue or something. So um, I read online, uh, this is a big issue with a lot of cars, um, Is with, with Chevys. Um, is that uh, something they, do you feel they should have did a recall on, or is this uh, no. something that's just kind of common to, uh, to, I guess, the newer vehicles? More of probably the engineering and how they had to travel that wire up. They, they could have done that differently, in my opinion, I when I looked at it. They could have done it way differently. But it's awesome. it's the animal you have to deal with now, and and how they how they had it routed, and I think newer cars have, have changed a little bit how they do it. So all right, great. Well, I appreciate all your help, you guys. Uh, I'll at least I'll be able to talk a little more intelligent about the issue uh, when, yeah. I, when I approach uh, the repair shop. So um, uh, you guys got a great show. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for your time today. Absolutely appreciate the call. All right, five five eight eleven ten is the numbers to get in. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a bit. Take a ride with me. I love nuts and bolts. And heated seats 
Okay, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in, and uh, we got a full bank of calls, so we're going to shoot right over to it and, and get into it. Uh, Michael, 06-HHR. Michael, what's going on? Um, is that me? Yeah, it's you. Two, 2006 Chevy HHR. Um, the speedometer does not work. Uh, sometimes it doesn't shift out of first gear. Um check engine lights on and none of the indicators for like mileage uh how many miles per gallon you're getting and all that good stuff does not register so i know it's a computer problem but which one well i, I you know i've been down this road kyle it, yeah. it's got a wiring problem i dealt with something the other week that was doing uh. the same thing in a Cobalt, which is basically the same front end. Yeah. He had a bunch of mice right. to do everything else. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what it was, too. There was a wiring. On the bottom of the fuse block, they run this harness, and it's a perfect place, I guess, for him to stand and chew up all the wires. Yeah. Um, boy, Michael, you know, off the top of my head, I cannot remember exactly, but I've had a couple of these that, that we've done and repaired. I can't remember exactly why, but what, what comes to mind is the wiring. Yeah. There's a wiring that goes to the... Uh, Input speed sensor, maybe output speed sensor on the transmission. Yeah, kind of right there on the back. Yeah, right there in that area. One harness kind of. So right it'd up. be the the TCU. No, no, we're not looking at a module. We're not looking at a computer at this particular point yet. Um, okay. That, that's that's next step or third step. Uh, what we're talking about is uh, I wonder if something didn't get in there and chew on the wiring. I can sure check that out. Yeah, yeah right. Look at all the brackets also where they run that wire harness. They had a lot of problems with chafing. Yeah. Yeah, they would rub on a bracket yep. there or a motor mount, and it eventually would just ground out your wire. I think that's what it was, Kyle. I think it was. It was a harness that went over top of a bracket, and that bracket, as it went uh, through wire, it just sawed through that, that wiring harness, and that's what causes short, and it caused one or two or three. Sorry, I don't remember specifically. I, I think we I think we're in the right area. I know we're in the right area because we've done several of these. Oh, it's just God. that it's you don't see many of those anymore. Yours is probably the last one out there, I'd imagine, isn't it? <laughs> it figures. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Call, call us back. I want to know exactly what you found because I think I think we're 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 in the right area for you. All right, I'll check it out. All right, sounds good. Boy, I can't. Re- wish I could recall all those, but I bet you. That's we, why we got to get that. Yeah, well, we got to get the book. We start yeah, we got to get the book. And illustrations ah. of every repair. <laughs> And we're going to catalog it right here in the studio, so, so gonna, that way we can just go right to it. So we're going to hire somebody else full-time for that. Well, we'll run an ad. Run it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to head over to Tony. He's got, an 07, uh, got a 17 Subaru Forester. Tony, what's going on today? Well, it's really more of a body piece question. In the rear wheel well, there's like this rubber flashing that kind of lines the wheel well, and it's popping off. I've tried epoxy glue. I've tried super glue. I've tried gorilla glue to get it back up there and snap it, snap it back in place. But every time I drive down the highway, I hear this slapping and it comes loose and it's always hanging by a thread. I haven't lost it yet. But um, is there a special kind of glue you're supposed to use to to get that to seal? Normally, they're held in there by clips. Yeah, is it a, usually it's plastic? It's a plastic harness with a plastic clip. Is that? Everything okay. seems to be plastic anymore. And, uh, yeah. I gen- mean, when you put it back on the lip, it sna- kind of snaps, but it always comes, comes loose. So you yeah. think there's a clip that I can get for well, it? Well, and have you put a new piece on? 
or is this just using the old piece? Just just trying to salvage the old piece. Yeah, use, yeah. Use, try to use some glue or, or something. To yeah, get and it, is this a is this on the wheel lip on the outside of the vehicle or underneath the? I'm trying to pick on the wheel lip on the wheel well lip. Yeah, I, there is not a great glue. There really isn't. Um, Most of the time, uh, double sided tape and clips is the most you're going to get. Yeah, it, a lot of yeah. So th- that stuff, it's plastic that's kind of pushed into something else, and the clip is fails. And usually, what you do to get it to stay on there is um, another piece. But if I had, you know, and we've used this on other things. If I had any kind of glue, I tell you what works good on a lot of different things is. Uh, window adhesive glue the the glue that holds the windows in the vehicle yeah it's black no that black stuff Uh, the black thick uh, it's uh you you put that in there um 3m makes it in you can put it there tape it on there and if that's what you're trying to do that's not generally how we would repair it but if that's what you're trying to do that stuff works really good and uh do you know what that piece is called if I tried to order it up? No, no, yeah, yeah, a fender flare or just a wheel lip piece. It's everything's got a different name. You just have to call the dealership and, and ask them what that is. Tell, tell them specifically it's over top of their, their rear wheel and it's on the wheel lip. And usually it all okay. comes in one piece with the clips and the plastic and everything. So, all right, all right. Well, thank you. Thanks so much. You bet. <laughs> yeah, I would. You know, I wish it was easier than that. And, you know. Yeah, back in the old days, there was a screw. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, anymore, it's it's plastic being held together with plastic with plastic clips and plastic screws. Yeah. Anymore. So it's. And they freeze and break. Yeah. yeah and they freeze and break and you touch it and it just explodes in your hand. So, all right. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. And uh, we're going to be back in just a minute. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We are Buchanan Service Centers, 80th and Dodge, 50th and Dodge, and Guaranteed Brakes, 49th Avenue Dodge, where we do brakes every day, all day. We love them. We're going to go into the calls, back to the calls. 98 Dodge, Dakota. Uh, Wayne's on the line. Wayne, what's going on? Wayne? You still there? Yep. You're on, Wayne. (laughs) Oh, my name's Paul. <laughs> okay. Well, I tell you what, we just changed it to Wayne. Wayne, what's going on? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm Wayne today. <laughs> I've got a 98 Dodge Dakota. Yeah. And um, it it has a terrible time with misfires. And um, I had the plugs replaced and the r- distributor cap replaced and like that. And... Um, it didn't seem to do any good, so I tried some sea foam or whatever the stuff's called in the gas tank. That didn't do any good. I put some additive in the oil, thinking, well, maybe I had a sticky valve or something. Well, nothing seems to work. <laughs> okay, so you put pl- but it, the the pickup will sit there and idle perfectly for any length of time. But the instant you take it out on the road and start driving down the road, it starts misfiring something terrible. Any ideas? Oh, there's several of them, I guess. Um, So all you've really done is replace the plugs? That's kind of it? Yeah, 
Plugs and distributor cap. No wires? No wires? No, I didn't replace the wires, no. That would probably be my... That'd probably be the, exactly what I'd be looking at. That'd be the next thing that I would do is the wires. Because the wires, will they kind of run next to each other, and they can leak through that silicone. And at an idle, there's not much of any electrical load on it. In fact, it's hardly any, just yeah. enough to keep the car going. When you step it uh, to the floor, now you're, the electrical load has increased by 10, and it's, that electricity wants to go wherever it can. So what so I... You're, you're, you're saying spark plug wires? Yeah. So what I would do is I would start the car up. This is how we're going to probably test it a little bit. Is we're, we're going to start the car up. We're going to get some soapy water, and we're going to spray the wires down and spray the cap and rotor and see if it starts misfiring or see if it, we can kill it. Mm. And if, okay. we, if we kill it right there, then voila. We know we've got a set of wires. Then you just, by the time you go to the parts store and come back, it'll all be dried off enough that you can start the car, and <laughs> and you'll be fine. And that's that's how we would do it and you know do them one at a time okay do them one at a time okay don't pull them off all at one time you know even even the, <laughs> even trained professionals do them one at a time because it's quicker faster more efficient and you don't have to go drag to find Come it on, Bob, you need to live on the edge ah the you know i used to know all that stuff but why pull it all off you can do it quicker and faster otherwise but you know, that's right yeah so that's the place we would Just start one at a time yeah why not <laughs> And then, you know, there's yep. other things that can cause that, too. Um, but uh, that's probably the I first place. right there. That's the that. first place we're heading, yes. Just try not to touch I them see. when they're wet. Okay. Yeah. Don't touch them when they're wet. Don't touch them when the car's running. Yeah. If the car's off, you can touch them. But, <laughs> and that's, the other, that's another way you can know for sure, I guess, too, Kyle, is you can start that car up, wet it all down, and then grab, start grabbing wires, and you'll know which one's bad. Yeah. It'll set you down. We're back to that electric eel talk. Back to the electric <laughs> eel, yeah. And there you go. Back to the lithium battery electric eel problem. So Secondary oh, Okay. Yeah. So try that, Paul. And we're going to turn you back Will to Paul do. today. So uh, try that and give us a call next week if there's a problem. Okay. Thank you. You bet. Appreciate the call. That's, you know, that's just how you used to do it. You know, yeah, you... Uh, spark plug wires. There's really no fun under the hood anymore. No. No, and you know, in fact, if you, if, if he wants a little bit of a light show, he can do this at night when the sun goes down, and then he yeah. can just kind of spray it and watch all the electrical little storm go on in there and, yeah. you know, <laughs> kind of see how many leaks he really does have. During the daylight, you can't see all those leaks, but at night, it's kind of easy Business to see. Business picks up. Business picks up. All right, we're going to head over to Matt. Matt's got a 2010 Honda Accord. Matt, what's going on today? Hi, how you doing? Um, I have a... PO 420 code on the engine light. It's just the third time. It's, it, it came out last week for like the third time in maybe, I don't know, three or four months. I had it red. I know what it is. Something to do with the catalytic converter. The light it shut itself off after like a day or two. Is that something I'm eventually going to have to get addressed because it's going to do something? Or will it, you know, harm it? I can keep driving it for however long. Well, and how does it run right now? Fine, other than the codes coming on. It seems to run, you know, you know, runs like it always has been. Okay. Well, it just had a, it just had a, some major stuff done to it, like back in August, September, and part of it was they put all new spark plugs in it. So, right. right. Well, the PO four twenty is catalytic catalytic converter efficiency. And um, either A, the, it's just not as efficient as it used to be, and those operate within certain parameters. 
And if it goes outside that parameter, the light comes on. If it comes back in that parameter, then the light goes out. That's just roughly, simply how it kind of works. That's why your light's going on and off. Um, You do also have to check to make sure you don't have any exhaust leaks upstream or vacuum leaks upstream because that can cause that. uh, And I say upstream, that's higher than the the catalytic converter or even lower. It'd be higher than the catalytic converter because if it was lower, it's not going to make a a difference. You're not going to see it. Um, You make sure there's no exhaust leaks because that also can cause uh, that particular code to come on. More to your particular point, is it going to be a problem with driving it? No, not really. You know, and what you're going to see is a loss of power when it eventually comes to the point where that efficiency is so bad it won't go, but the light will be on the that whole could time. Be years. Yeah, it could be years. years. years yeah, so. No, you're you're going to be okay to drive it. I would. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would drive it till you get enough time to get it repaired. Yeah, the light comes on. It's on for a day or two, and then it goes off by itself. So. Yeah. 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 Eventually, that light will come on and stay on all the time. And you won't have to worry about it. It, it, it'll be on. Then <laughs> we just wait for it to burn out. Okay, yeah, all right. Wait for it to burn out. Yeah, by that time, you never know. I mean, by that time, something else could happen, and you've saved a bunch of money because that car's not around anymore. You never know. Yeah. So, yeah, you'll be fine. Okay. All right. Thank you. You bet. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Five five eight eleven ten is the numbers to get in, and uh, we'll be back in a minute. All right, we are back at the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is a number to get in, and uh, let's help answer your questions. So we're going to head over to Jim. Jim's got an oil question. Jim, go ahead. Hey, guys. Um, changing oil is my question, but I have a comment first. As you guys talk about strange things that you see that come into the shop with the tire, uh, the other day we were, my wife and I were headed down the highway, and... Uh, First of all, there was a grass fire, and the fire trucks were fighting that along the highway. And we said, yeah, some guy probably threw out a cigarette butt or some person Mm -hmm. and started a fire. Well, we go down the road about three-quarters of a mile, and there was a driveway going into a field. And on that driveway was a set of dual tires with the rim, and the tires were still smoking. Oh. And we're I don't know which way the truck was going, and there was no semi or anything in sight. So it must have just fallen off, and he didn't even know about it. Yeah. So it really yeah. weird. Well, and that's that's happened before. I think they had the, one of the fires out in California happened by a flat tire on a trailer. <laughs> Went down, made a spark on the side, and here goes the camp, or here goes the, yeah. the fire out there. So, yeah. Yeah, well, you just— I just never— Never seen the wheel, the tires, and the rims, both of them, you know. It's like, wow. <laughs> you followed it right to the source, so, didn't you? Yeah, no kidding. I'm glad they weren't coming at me when I was driving the yes, other way. Yes, exactly. Uh, my question about is, I changed my own oil in my vehicles, and uh, is it, you know, you always hear that, well, drive it and get it warm so it all drains out. But isn't it also true that if it's been run, the lot, there's engine up in the valve covers and everything else up above that, um, you know, what's the difference now with the oil weight as as uh, light as the oil is? It pretty much runs out even if the engine's cold, doesn't it? It pretty it pretty much does. It was, yeah. With 0.20, it comes out pretty good. You know, on a normal day, it's it's not any issue. I mean, if it's sub-zero and you're changing the oil, yeah, it wouldn't hurt yeah, to warm it up a little bit. A we always see them warm, or we see them baking hot. So, right, uh, yeah. Yeah, if you're changing your own oil, it wouldn't hurt to... You know, warm it up if warm it up a little bit, and then let it sit for 
10 minutes, 5, 10 minutes while you're getting everything going. And then, because uh, it takes a while. I mean, even on my truck, it says don't check the oil immediately. Shut the vehicle down. Wait about 10 minutes for all everything to drain down. Because if I check it right away, mine will always say about a half a quart low. If I wait about 10, 15 minutes, it always seems like it's normal. So it takes sure. a little bit of time for it, once it gets pumped up there, to drain all the way back down to get a proper oil level. So, but isn't it also, I mean, if you uh, leave the pan under there for, say, if it's cold, say if it's like 50 degrees for two, three hours, is that, I mean, what's, oh, yeah. I don't, I guess. You'll get 90%. So that's just it. You'll get ninety percent of it out of there, if if yep. not, if you not guys, ninety-eight. You, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> you guys have to work on them when they're warm, usually. So yeah, and it makes it flow. Oh. It makes it flow real well, and it feels great on your hands. Let me tell you. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, guys. You have a great show. You bet. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Yeah, you know, and back in the day when it was ten forty in twenty fifty. Um, cause 1040 was the normal in the day. And when it started to leak oil, burn oil, then, uh, then we started, or people wanted to put in as thick as you could, which is, was 2050, which <laughs> you, you don't see that so much. Anymore. I know you could buy 2050 anymore. You used to be able to buy that. I wonder what would happen to some of my old engines if I were to drain them and put zero 20 in there. Oh, well, it just be a sprinkler. It'd be a sprinkler. <laughs> yeah. I just run out all over the place because those old cars like we have, um, are just, the rear main seal is a piece of rope. It is. It is. You can sometimes, the seals, you could throw a cat through, and that's how much clearance is there. And, yeah, oh, you man. you had to have thick oil just to keep it in the engine. <sighs> yeah, I know I know what you're talking about. So, yeah, 020 would just probably pour it in, pour, watch it pour out. Might oh, as well put a God. bucket underneath it. Yeah. Just watch it go. So <laughs> That might be an experiment for... Yeah, well, no, yeah. I don't know if I want to clean up the mess, though. <laughs> I want to clean up the mess, and that's what it's going to be, too. So Wait until we get a new guy at the shop. Yeah. Well, we'll head over to Doug. Doug's got uh, an, an update or what he thought on the Dodge Dakota. Doug, go ahead. Yeah, hey, I got a Dodge Dakota. Got about 260,000 miles on it. It's got a 318. They're known because of where their coil is located right on top of the a manifold. Sure. Or, I mean, the, the exhaust. They're known for that coil. That guy before that sounded, I've had that problem, and I think it's his coil, not his wires. Yeah, and and it wouldn't hurt, too, if it's got that kind of, on, on that vehicle they had, it's 98. I mean, it certainly wouldn't hurt to toss a coil in there, too. They, they do sit on the manifold, and they'll... They'll bake that oil that's inside there, and it'll just cause a dead short on the inside. So, yeah, yeah, like, and I and I and I know that they have to replace them in this type of vehicle a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's so nice that we kind of got away from that and went into kind of individual coils. It's better to right. try to diagnose that. But yeah, sounds great. I'm sure. Right. I'm sure he was uh, Paul. I'm Paul was probably still listening. Paul, do that okay. too. Put a coil in it and some spark plug wires, and I bet your problem will be over. All right, man. Appreciate the call. Hey, take You bet. You know, distributors. we just... Distributors. Yeah, you just don't work on a lot of cars. We still work on a few cars that's got distributors and plugs and wires and cap and rotor. We just did one yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but by and large... You, points. Ah, <laughs> wow. I haven't... Point, yeah, I guess I haven't points in a while either, but yeah, we do those too. Points are... Points are simple, but... Yeah, it doesn't get any easier. Most mechanics don't know how to do them. You do. Because you have an old enough car to, to know what it is, but anybody of a certain age has problems with it. You know, what's that? How do you do that? And everybody's turned that, that points, you can go away. Like I got a car that we, that, 
that the points are gone in and it just turns it to electronic. Yeah. Which is really nice. It starts much better with the electronic ignition, but, uh, you know, what's going to happen when you get the EMP bomb and, and it's going to take out my car and I won't be able to make it to work. Go back to points. We're going to have to go back to points. So I always keep a extra set on the shelf in case I've got to go back to, to normal. Gosh. <laughs> no, many of those I've replaced on the side of the road. <laughs> well, two, two. two. <laughs> well, you know, but it's easy. It's, it's yeah. easy enough to do. You don't have to go get any parts. You just keep the box. Yeah, that stuff fits in a glove box. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that. So it fits right there. You always have parts. You can get up and get going again. But you want it to be all original. You don't want to change everything. So. Yeah. All right, Kyle, they're replacing. Uh, they're- Playing our song. So 558-1110 is the numbers to get in next week. We appreciate everybody calling. We're happy to help everybody out. I'm Bob. Kyle. And we'll see you next week.